0: Welcome to America's Commercial Real Estate Show, your source for intel, forecasts, and success strategies. Hello, I'm Michael Bull. We sure appreciate you being with us. And we have a cool show for you today. This segment's brought to you by Bull Realty Asset and Occupancy Solutions. Visit bullrealty.com. Today, we're going to talk about investing in real estate with a self directed IRA. And, you know, this is something I think a lot of people have heard something about, but I don't think near enough people are looking into it. So we're going to talk about some of the advantages, why you might want to do it, how, much, how, how to handle, how to do it correctly so that it's something that you can consider. And I think it's really important for people who maybe have a lot of money in the stock market. Maybe the stock markets run up. And You want to diversify and maybe get some of your money into a self-directed IRA to invest in real estate So we'll talk about that today. Please welcome my first guest. It's Jason Craig and Jason is with IRA Resources and he's joining us on the phone. Jason. Thanks for being with us
1: Hi, Michael. Thank you for having me. Well, Jason part,
0: happy to be a part of the show. Well, thank you and and to start us out Jason just briefly You know, what are the benefits of just a a self-directed IRA, you know, as far as tax reasons to go in and out of it and and some of the basics?
1: Self-directed IRAs are beneficial for people because it allows for asset diversification. Most people think retirement, you think IRA, you think 401K, you think stock market, publicly traded assets. And a self-directed IRA or truly self-directed IRA allows for alternative assets like real estate, whether that be commercial, residential, uh, you can do fund investing, you can do loans, lending. It allows for people to invest in other things other than the stock market. And one of the things that we see a lot is people invest in what they know. So if somebody is comfortable investing in real estate, a self-directed IRA is another way to do that using funds that people think have to be locked up in the stock market
0: okay and so you can invest in real estate with pre-tax dollars
1: that's correct yes if it's a traditional ira it's pre-tax if it's roth ira it's post-tax but then all the gains are tax-free
0: okay and uh how much can you put in a self-directed ira what are the limits
1: The annual contribution limit is Mm $5,500 unless you are eligible for a catch-up contribution, which is an additional $1,000 that you can do. Mm -hmm. Um, If you see a lot of our clients are rolling over old 401ks, which usually have larger dollar amounts than the annual contribution limit.
0: Right. And that's what I think it makes sense. So a lot of our listeners are going to be involved in commercial real estate, so a a fairly high dollar compared to to maybe some investments uh, that you can make. But there's a lot of people out there, right, that have retirement accounts with have sizable amounts of money in them that are all in public stocks, right?
1: That's correct, yes. There's a little over $7 trillion in IRAs. About 4% of that is in self-directed. So to your point earlier, The self-directed IRA has been around since 1975 as far as what you can invest in. A lot of people just don't know about it.
0: Yeah. So let's talk about that, uh, Jason. What kind of properties can you invest in? Or maybe it's better said, what can you not invest in?
1: Yeah, the IRS takes the approach what you can invest in. So there's only a couple things. Life insurance contracts, can do collectibles, you know, wines, artwork, those kinds of things. And you can't do self-dealing. Anything other than that is available for investment. So we do have clients that have invested in strip malls, office buildings, apartment buildings. Obviously, single-family homes is another large one as far as real estate goes. But, again you can invest in almost anything other than the couple of things that I mentioned. So you, it's almost limited to your own creativity. We see a lot of people doing a lot of different things, but right. real estate is the most popular.
0: Right. And so let's talk about self dealing for a moment, make sure that's clear. So we can't put a, a vacation home in a self directed IRA or property that even we're going to use to maybe run our business in.
1: That's correct. Yes. So that would be considered a prohibited transaction. You can't buy a house, and then live in it, you can't rent it to what's called a disqualified person. And a disqualified person is a spouse or a family member, ascendant or descendant. So parent, grandparent, child, grandchild, you can't rent it to them. You can, the IRS doesn't uh, limit this, you can uh, rent it to siblings though. So if you have your brother and they wanted to go into the house, they can definitely do that, but you can't do any other type of family member.
0: I would never rent to my brother. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) Okay, so you can't buy it for something you're going to use for your business, for your home. Um, What about uh, uh, 1031? So if you're selling a property and you're doing a 1031, can you 1031 into a self-directed IRA property?
1: No, when you're because the property is obviously outside of the IRA when you're, you're bringing it into the 1031, and a property that's already owned by the IRA doesn't need a 1031 because it's already in the tax-deferred state, okay. as we discussed earlier with the traditional IRA, so you wouldn't need to use it at that point in time.
0: Okay, and you can't put a property in a self-directed IRA that you already own, right?
1: That's correct, right. It would have to be a new purchase, and you can't do that purchase again from the disqualified person. So you can't take your personal residence or you can't take a commercial building that you own and put it into the IRA. That would be considered a contribution, and the only thing you can contribute to an IRA is cash.
0: Okay, all right. Now, what if you have uh, the opportunity to uh, join a a general partner and you want to be a limited partner and invest, say, $100,000 into a project that maybe I'm the general partner and I'm buying it. Uh, can can a limb, somebody come in as a limited partner and say, invest 100,000 in my deal inside a self-directed RA? Definitely.
1: And we see that a lot with our clients. They will do the entity type investment. Um, That way they can leverage multiple people coming in and making the investment to either buy more properties or larger properties. And what your IRA would own at that point in time is a percentage of the limited partner that then turns around and invests in the property. But you can definitely do that. We have a lot of clients doing that on a daily basis.
0: Right. And there's a couple rules we're going to talk about that might make that a pretty good idea to do it that way and one of those rules uh jason is that you really if you have to fund so you buy a property you put it in your self-directed ira and then that property needs some money some investments some repairs and improvements you have to use money from the ira for that is that correct
1: that is correct yes anything that the IRA owns the IRA has to pay for so all income all expenses would flow in and out of the IRA you can't use your personal funds to cover those expenses
0: right so that's what uh, one of the reasons I would think vested as a limited partner because you might in a limited partnership might just be uh, only limited to what you've invested and not have to put any more funds into it uh, so it makes that a, a perfect vehicle I would think.
1: Definitely. And that's one of the advantages of why people do it that way is they can invest that certain amount of dollars in there. They own a percentage and then their commitment to that is done as opposed to the ongoing upkeep potentially.
0: Okay. Now talk to us about a custodian because you have to have a custodian to invest in real estate with a self-directed IRA, right?
1: that is correct right so you have to have a custodian that's willing to allow the alternative assets and again the IRS doesn't say what you can do they say what you can't do most companies whether it be your brokerage houses limit what you can invest in and typically that's done to stuff that they sell or make a commission on or it's publicly traded. So you're allowed to invest in anything that you want other than the collectibles, life insurance contracts, and doing any self-dealing, as long as the custodian doesn't make a business decision to limit it. So a custodian, even in the alternative asset space or the self-directed space, may say, for example, I don't want to do single-member LLCs. They have the business decision and the ability to do that. They just wouldn't accept those. Any other ones in the space that want to take all those can, and that's what we do.
0: Okay, so let's give uh, an example, Jason. So let's say that uh, a listener wants to invest $100,000 in my next project that I'm uh, buying and they're going to be a limited partner, they're only going to put in hundred k. That's the limit to their, their uh, liability. Uh, so what would they do next? What would they do?
1: They would work with us to establish an account. Once we have the account open and the number assigned, we work with them to transfer the funds from their current custodial provider. Once those funds come into the account, then they tell us what they would like to invest in. So in your example of being a limited partner, they would out what we call a buy direction letter instructing us to purchase $100,000 um, worth of this limited partnership. They're gonna, the IRA is going to be the limited partner. We would wire that money to the investment provider, and then from there we show the IRA owns $100,000 of this limited partnership.
0: Okay, perfect. It sounds real simple. So what are the costs involved in doing all of that? Roughly.
1: For us, we charge on an asset basis. So it doesn't matter if the account is worth $5 or $50 million. It's $199 a year to have the account with the asset in it. Mm-hmm. The buy fee for a private placement, in your example, to a limited partnership is $50. That's a one-time fee. And then there's a funding fee of $30 for a wire or check fee of $7. Mm-hmm.
0: Wow, that sounds extremely reasonable.
1: That's our goal, to have it be affordable. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> make yeah. it easy and make it affordable is what we try to do.
0: Yeah, you know, it's incredible that the amount of people that I think are – that have a, a large sum of money uh, and, and it's all in, in the stock market or whatever, you know, the interesting thing about the stock market is there's some stocks that can go, can drop <laughs> heavily, right? Some can, can go down to zero. So, you know, real estate just, even the worst of times, not going to go down to zero. So let's talk about debt. So if someone's buying a property, uh, do they have to put all cash? Can they put some debt on it on a property inside their self-directed IRA?
1: That's a great question. No, you don't have to pay all cash. There's a couple different options. And one that you just mentioned is debt, which would be a non-recourse loan. So the difference with the IRA component being involved or the owner of the property is there can't be any recourse to the IRA owner. So the bank is underwriting the property and the ability to cash flow that property through what's called a non-recourse loan. And that is something that we do have a lot of clients do because it allows them to leverage the IRA for either more purchase power or to buy multiple properties.
0: Okay. So you can have debt inside the self directed RA, but I guess you've got to pay all the, the loan costs, uh, all the debt costs, all inside the self directed RA, and you cannot have any personal liability.
1: That is correct, yes.
0: Now, a lot of loans have what do you call uh, bad boy carve out, where it is an exculpatory loan. There, there's no personal uh, guarantee on that. But if you do something, if you're a bad boy and do something wrong, <laughs> they can come after you. So I guess that's okay yeah that
1: would be a little bit different. Um, in the non-recourse loan world, it's going to be more of a prohibited transaction um, mm-hmm. as far as what that goes. Because, again, they're not underwriting the person. Mm-hmm. Their credit isn't part of the decision that goes into whether or not they do the house mm-hmm. the or the commercial property. The loan-to-value is going to be what they're looking at, the ability to cash flow, the debt-service ratio, and then the reserves that the IRA has.
0: Okay. Let's talk about another alternative, Jason, that you might want to consider doing inside of a self-directed IRA, and that is creating a note, lending money, or buying a note, right?
1: That is correct, yes. We have a lot of people that do that. They want the benefit of real estate, but maybe they don't want to actually own the property and have the upkeep and the maintenance. So the IRA can be the bank, essentially. You can turn around and the IRA can loan money, whether it be for a down payment or a full purchase. And then they have a note from the borrower, usually secured by the property itself, where the IRA gets monthly payments just as you would pay a bank.
0: Interesting. And that the borrower obviously could be personally guaranteeing that because that's not the… The
1: borrower can be, yes. Right. That's correct. Right. Yep, definitely. Yeah,
0: so that's interesting. So someone could say, hey, Michael, I'm going to let you borrow a million dollars at 4%. Wait, it's for Michael, 3%. Uh, You get a special deal. (laughs) A special deal for Michael Bull, right. Uh, And they could put that right right from their self-directed IRA, and now they've got a set income. Uh, they've got a personal guarantee from somebody with good credit, and they have the guarantee uh, or the collateral of the of the real estate if if, if that note is collateralized uh, by a property, right?
1: That is correct. And, yeah. again, the terms of the note, as you kind of were going through and describing how you got a special deal, <laughs> would be between the borrower and the IRA owner. Right. We don't have any say in that. We don't tell them what they need to do. They work on those terms themselves, and then they would send the payments back to the IRA.
0: Yeah, Okay. That's interesting, very interesting. And uh, so, Jason, why aren't more people doing this? Or does it seem like the, there's a lot of people that just aren't diversifying, that aren't taking advantage of this?
1: I think the the answer can be summed up. The biggest challenge we have is also our best opportunity. It's just getting the word out there. Mm-hmm. Again, a lot of people don't know that the opportunity exists because when they're dealing with their retirement accounts or they've left a, a 401k And they're rolling that over. Usually there's an arrangement with the big brokerage houses, the Schwabs, the Fidelities. And those types of places don't offer the self-directed IRA. So a lot of people don't know about it. We don't have the marketing dollars and the budgets that those big companies do to spread the word. Um, But if we did, then we would be able to get the word out there more. And I think more people would take advantage of it. It's one of the interesting things. When I get to tell people what I do and have a conversation, they're really surprised because they've never heard of it before. Yeah. Um, but once they understand it and we take the time to educate them, they see all the, the benefits to it, and they like the opportunity to invest in what they know, and that's where they move over the money and, and move forward. Yeah, I mean, it
0: seems like a good way to diversify and have some safety uh, inside it and also have something that inflation really creates a nice benefit for you.
1: Definitely. And, you know, from our perspective and tracking some of our numbers, our real estate um, purchases are up almost 23% this year. And to your question earlier about the IRA being the lender or the bank, our um, deed of trust or whether IRA's, the lender is almost up 50% over last year. So the word is getting out and the opportunity to invest in real estate is one that's always been really popular, and that's continuing in 2017. <laughs>
0: And is there anything that tends to make folks nervous that you talk to that maybe shy away from doing it?
1: Nothing that makes them nervous once they understand. The biggest thing that we get at the questions is usually, I've never heard of it before, but how does it work? Or why haven't I been able to do this through Schwab or my brokerage house? Or why hasn't my advisor told me how to do it? It's taken the time to educate them let them understand how it works, telling them what they can and can't do, answering all their questions. Once they get their arms wrapped around that piece, they want to move forward because they think it's a great deal. Because people want to invest in what they know. To your point earlier about the stock market, stock could go up and then drop the next day. You have no control over that. But you get the ability to pick out the piece of commercial real estate that you want to purchase or who you want to have be the limited partner in the deal that you're trying to fund. They like the comfort of knowing those aspects of the deal. It's just learning the IRA rules around it.
0: Yeah, yeah, well that makes sense. And you know, you think about, um, we all have experienced uh, price increases on everything that we buy from gas to milk to to real estate. And uh, you know, I think you turn around and and you've got money in your account. And if you think you won't use that for 20 years or something like that, you can imagine the benefits of inflation on that real estate sitting inside that self-directed IRA.
1: Exactly. And the other benefit, too, is I think everybody can relate to real estate, right? Like all the things that you just said are very true, but also people always need a place to live or a place to work. So it's something that they're comfortable with. It's something that they're used to. It's something that they are a part of on a daily basis, whether it be going to work or going back home. Why not leverage that for the benefit of an investment as well?
0: Right. And can you, Jason, can you have a property inside your self-directed IRA you think it's a good time to sell it? Can you sell that property and have the cash in your back in your IRA? Can you sell that property and put the cash in there and then use that cash and buy another property inside the self-directed?
1: Definitely you can. That's a great question. So we will have people that will buy a property, like you just said, wait for a certain amount of time or they'll collect rent and it's cash flowing, turn around and sell it. The money all comes back to the IRA. Again, you don't need a 1031. The money sits there until you've decided what you want to do with it next. You could turn around and buy a couple different properties or buy another one whenever you want.
0: Yeah, and I guess one of the big things that you'd want to watch out for is if you're tight. So if you've got a, a million dollars in there and you buy a million dollar property uh, and that property needs some cash for something, I guess you have to be careful there and make sure that you have some, some cushion because the money that's going into any kind of repairs, improvements, leasing commissions, things like that will need to come out of your self-directed IRA, right?
1: That's correct, yes. So if somebody used, in your example, the full amount of money that they had in their self-directed IRA, and there were expenses that needed to be paid for, they would either have to transfer from a different IRA, let's say at a brokerage house, they could make an annual contribution like we discussed earlier, Or another potential option would be to sell part of the property to another investor Mm -hmm. and then bring that money in, and then they would have money and then split the expenses going forward.
0: Uh Uh-huh. It's always a way to figure things out, right? (laughs) Definitely, yes. (laughs) Well, Jason, great information. It's good to talk to you, and uh, thanks for being on the show.
1: Hey, thank you very much. I appreciate it.
0: If you'd like more information from Jason, visit their web website. It's iraresources.com, and we'll put a link on our show website at creshow.com. Stay tuned. We'll have more on investing in commercial real estate. I'm Michael Bull. This is America's Commercial Real Estate Show. Would you like access to invest in institutional quality commercial real estate with experienced sponsors with small amounts of money? Of course you would. Visit realcrowd.com. Choose between core, core plus, value add, or opportunistic. Visit realcrowd.com. buildout the best all-in-one marketing tool for your brokerage. Learn how you can create marketing materials instantly and streamline your property listings process. Visit buildout.com. Are you a real estate agent? Hi, this is Michael Bull. Would you like consistent high income? Would you like to be the top producer in your office? Would you like to be known as the go to broker in your market? Well, I have something for you. Visit commercialagentsuccess.com.
2: Video is powerful. Some of the biggest brands in commercial real estate have trusted us to tell their story. We are Barnes Creative Studios, premier commercial real estate
0: video services. BarnesCreativeStudios.com. Welcome back to America's Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm Michael Ball. Uh, This segment is brought to you by CommercialAgentSuccess.com. If you're interested in learning more about selling or leasing commercial real estate, check them out. Well, today we are talking about investing in real estate through a self-directed IRA. Please welcome my next guest. It's John Paul Ruiz. He is with the Intrust Group. He's Director of Professional Development. JP, thanks for being with us here today in studio.
2: Thank you for having me today.
0: Well, J.P., it seems like uh, timing is interesting in, in life, love, and war, right? <laughs> so, yeah. uh, what about the timing today for people to, why are some people kind of thinking about maybe investing in real estate in a self-directed IRA uh, today?
2: Well, I, th- I think uh, first, I, you're right. It's a great opportunity to explore other types of investments that are, are allowed to be held under a retirement plan because there's a growing population of a a group of people born between 1946 and 64 called the baby boomers. There's about 78 million of them. And the concentration of baby baby boomers are reaching that retirement age, and there's about 10,000 of them that turn 60 every day. 60 every day, 10,000 of them. Wow. A lot of them are asking provocative questions that they didn't ask during their working years because they were still working. Now they're reaching that age that they're gonna start thinking about what assets do I have to use for retirement mm-hmm. where in other words when I slow things down how can I tap into this uh, amount of wealth that I've accumulated right? right now a lot of them have been invested in mutual funds uh, you know stocks bonds you know to say the least but but mostly a lot of them are in mutual funds and a lot of them are saying I cannot handle another market crash Right? what other options do I have and that's why I'm here today is to talk about that great opportunity yeah. there's about 26 trillion dollars in retirement plans today and a lot of them are held by these baby boomers that are asking that question mm-hmm. are there any other options will real estate is an option yeah what happens is that when a person has a 401k plan as an example they've worked for a large company and they reach that retirement age mm. in other words whether it be 59 and a half for the plan up to age 65 that's the maximum age they can take that money out and roll it into an IRA if that's what they choose right, right. They, their options are broader. In other words, they have more investing options. And that's that's one thing that they can talk to their CPA, their attorneys, or maybe it maybe even their real estate broker if they wanted to get involved in something like that. Mm-hmm. Because assets that are rolled over into an IRA but is held under what we call a self-directed IRA custodian. Which we're just one of them. Right? Yeah. A self directed IRA custodian really does not offer any investments. Yeah. But the great um, feature about a self directed IRA custodian is that the investor can actually choose the investment they, ch- they would choose to hold under that retirement plan. And in this case, it could be a traditional IRA, it could be a Roth IRA, Mm -hmm. and for some who are retiring, they're actually going back to business as well. Mm -hmm. So if they're an entrepreneur now, or if they're a sole proprietor, and they're going back into business, they can actually still open up an employer-sponsored plan. You know, like an individual 401k plan, a SEP SEP Mm -hmm. plan, a simplified employee pension plan, which Mm -hmm. contributions actually go to an IRA, or a simple IRA plan. The contributions to those accounts, whether it be via what we call a rollover from a 401 k plan, or actual contributions, can be invested in a broader array of investments, again, and real estate's one of those.
0: And why do you think that it hasn't been used that much, or why aren't people that are investing in the stock market, and maybe they are concerned that mm-hmm. they don't want to take another hit, mm-hmm. uh, why aren't more of their existing plans in uh, hard real estate assets?
2: Why aren't they more in real estate assets? One of the, one of the biggest things in a 401k world is that the employer is all, always responsible, has the fiduciary obligation over the investments under their employee benefit plan. Yeah. Real estate is not one of those prudent type of investments that could be offered, let's say, to 300 people, mm-hmm. right? Uh, But there are funds out there that could be placed in a 401k plan, like a a REIT or or some sort of managed fund in real estate, and you're Mm -hmm. finding that a little bit more common. But individual pieces of real estate, you won't find that typically in a 401k plan, unless, of course... Uh, you have a 401k plan that does not employ any rank and file employees. That's yeah. how the IRS calls it. In other yeah. words, you don't have any people working for you, it's only owners. Yeah. Because 401k plans are typically subject to what we call discrimination rules, mm-hmm. discrimination testing. With the onslaught of um, you know lawsuits that are happening with, you know, with employers that are offering um, investments that have not performed very well, such as employer stock as an example. Right employers are shying away from those non-traditional types of investments being held in the 401k plan. It's not that it's not available, they just try to shy away from it, but once those assets become available to the individual via what we call an IRA, which stands for Individual Retirement Arrangement, Mm -hmm. the individual themselves can actually choose the investment that they choose to hold under their account. And there are two types. There's traditional, which typically are assets have never been taxed before or tax deferred, another way I explain that is you're prolonging your agony. Because eventually, <laughs> eventually, you're going to have to take that out and you're going to yeah. be taxed on it. Yeah. But depending upon when you take that out will make a big big difference. Yeah. As, as a matter of fact, right now, in the forefront in the news, is that there's legislation that's coming up that could change the way we get taxed. Yeah. Why is that important? Because the money that they take out of a retirement plan, called a traditional IRA, as an example, or a k plan, is includable as part of the individual's taxable income for the year. So in other words, if you're only expected to make this much, and you take a distribution from your IRA, that increases that amount, which therefore tells us that there could be more taxation involved. Yeah. That's why we're watching that very closely. But the other one is a Roth. Mm-hmm. In a Roth IRA, contributions have already been taxed. Yeah. But the best part about it is that the earnings will not only grow tax deferred, but if they satisfy what we call the qualified distribution criteria, the earnings will be distributed. Here we go. Tax free! Wow, I love that. I, the reason why I said it because there's a big difference between tax and tax free. Oh yeah. Imagine if you, if the the money that you work so hard for, right, right, is going to be taken out, and Uncle Sam is on the background, or the state might even be associated with that and saying, you know, come to me, you're going to have to pay a portion of that to me. Mm-hmm. Wouldn't it be nice to have an account that when you take money out? All of it's yours.
0: Yeah, and also I think uh, one of the things that uh, you're mentioning earlier was also it's control. It's your account, That's right. and maybe you know real estate. If you're listening to the commercial real estate mm-hmm. show or watching it, you know maybe you understand commercial real estate, and maybe you like to control your environment. It's like we invest in these mm-hmm. in these companies, you don't know what's really behind them and what could happen, That's right? Right. But maybe you're, you you like real estate and you understand it, right?
2: Yeah, yeah. The, the, the thing, the great thing about um, uh, the Um, Investing for retirement is Mm -hmm. that you don't have to put all your eggs in one basket. Mm -hmm. This show is not—I mean, the 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 talk that I'm giving is is to tell people to get out of this particular investment space and go to this other investment space. All we're trying to tell people is that you have an opportunity to diversify your performance. Exactly, exactly. There are options out there. You're not just stuck with picking one mutual fund over the other. Still stay in that, but. Explore some of your assets in some of the things that you may feel comfortable
0: right investing and you, in. And you think about it, you said it earlier. You get you said you <coughs> have two two big benefits of real estate, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. That you have the you have the cash flow, mm-hmm. and then you have the appreciation over time, and yeah. inflation. You know, I think that's a big part of diversifying into real estate, and you're retiring. Retirement account is we we all know things go up in, va- in price you that's know right. it costs more in that's twenty right. years than it did today that's right uh, so you know uh, that's a a great way to put it in there so you need a custodian yep. so you need a custodian so how would a listener a viewer of the show mm-hmm. pick a custodian what should they think about what should they ask
2: they would ask uh, a few things number one is the custodian willing to take the particular investment that you are choosing number one yeah. uh, they are self directed IRA custodian. Some self-directed IRA custodians have limited the type of investments that they would hold. Because mm-hmm. keep in mind, there's only three investments that you cannot hold in, in an IRA. Two of them are legislative, one of which is a life insurance contract, mm-hmm. which is smart. I mean, wouldn't it be a great racket, mm-hmm. you had a term life insurance and in they're mm-hmm. paying $10 a month. If you die, $250,000 goes in there. Great racket, not allowed. Mm-hmm. Number two are collectibles. Mm-hmm. At first, they didn't have this restriction. You can't have collectible cars. You can't have, I mean, a, a rug to you, you know, a special rug to you might be a garage sale item to me. You know, <laughs> I joke around sometimes. What are you going to do when you want to take a distribution? Quit a looking at rug.
0: my rugs. <laughs> just you go to my house?
2: That's right. So, so Congress said no, no more collectibles. Mm-hmm. Very hard to, uh, very hard to uh, value. It's so on and so forth. It's problematic. And last but not least are S-Corps. Since an IRA is a trust, it's a valid trust under state law. It cannot be a shareholder of an S-Corp. But besides those three, you can hold anything you want, yeah. as long as you don't self-deal. That's another. That's another thing we can talk about right. at some point as well.
0: And so, some custodians uh, are not going to allow real estate, right?
2: Some, some may not because they don't have the infrastructure to handle it. Right. Now, keep in mind, in a piece of real estate, there are expenses, property taxes, maintenance, all sorts of all sorts of different things that the property itself could incur. Expenses if they don't have the infrastructure to do that. Yeah. Well, then that could be problematic.
0: And then I guess you need to ask the custodian how they handle paying more. If there's a if there's a mortgage that non-recourse mortgage in there, if yep. they will allow that, if they'll pay that, if they'll pay the taxes, and kind of what the cost is for these items.
2: In, in other words, if there are additional services that need to be performed, what are those services that will that they will perform, mm-hmm. and how is it handled? So, for example, if there's a recurring mm-hmm. expense on a monthly basis, as an example, mm-hmm. how is the custodian going to do that? As as well as how 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 much do they charge for it? Mm-hmm. Some, some custodians don't charge for it, some, some do. Mm-hmm. So either way, because there's, it takes people power to be able to do those things. Right. What are the additional costs involved? If there are additional tax filings involved, is the custodian going to assist them in doing that? Or are they going to have to go to their competent tax advisor to do that right. and work with them in regards to, you know, accomplishing those tax filings as well? And then last but not least, of course, the fees. What are the fees? Right. Uh, is it on a per asset basis? In other words, if you have 10 homes, are you going to be charged ten separate times, mm-hmm. or you know if or is it going to be based on the value of the investment? Now keep in mind a lot of a lot of uh, a lot of custodians that used to handle these particular self-directed IRA accounts typically were wealth management groups by large banks mm-hmm. because they had the they had the they had the incentive to be able to bring the, those assets in right. because some of the a lot of the wealthy have the non-traditional types of investments, but keep in mind. A lot of custodians, like the Entrust Group, was birthed out of the necessity to lower down the costs so that the pe- average person walking off the street will be able to avail of, of uh, these particular types of investments in their retirement accounts.
0: Right, right. Yeah. And I guess most money in self-directed RAs or an IRA would be... Uh, pre-taxed uh, so when they sell or take distributions of the property uh, down, down the road they're going to be taxed then but some folks might have some money in their IRA that they've already paid taxes on right Correct. so what should they watch out for form-wise? <laughs> <laughs>
2: well in, an I- in a traditional IRA is an example starting mm-hmm. in 1987 mm-hmm. although assets typically have never been taxed before for the first time in in uh, the life of our taxation here in the United States individuals could actually not take a deduction for their contribution. In other words, another way to look at that is that the contribution that you're making is already taxed. Right. The technical term for that is what we call a non-deductible contribution. No. If you're gonna put money in an account that eventually will be taxed, but you've already been taxed on those dollars in the year of contribution, would you wanna keep track of that? Hmm. I would say, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> the IRS form that the uh, IRS created for that tracking is what we call an IRS form 8606. The IRS form 8606 has been around for a long time. Now keep in mind, if it's been there for a long time, could pe- people have forgotten that that form has been filed? Right. Yeah, that's right. And sometimes the practitioner you were working with no longer practices. Right. So it might be good to dig up those records, now that you're reaching retirement age as an example for some, yeah, right. 10,000 of them turning 60 right. every day, right. to take a look at those forms, gather the data, right. so that those dollars will not get taxed again when you distribute it. Yeah. Another thing that a lot of people don't realize is that the assets that you have in an IRA could be inherited by somebody else. Yeah. And they have no clue about the record keeping that has occurred throughout your life when you were alive. Yeah. So the executor of a person's estate may need to be briefed as part of your estate planning process yeah. Yeah. to make sure that the 8606 is there. If you have two children that you're leaving it with, that has to be split into two, then at least the proportionate share of each one Will enjoy the tax-free distribution of those assets that have been taxed already. Right,
0: you already paid taxes. You don't yeah. want to do it twice. That's right. You yeah. don't want to do it twice. And you may forget because you only do the eighty-six hundred six when you put the money in. That's so you might own the have the IRA for ten years and not file an eighty-six hundred six. Right? right. That's so right. So you got to remember, hey, when you pull it out, we need to file it.
2: That's right. That's right. Yeah. yeah there's no. I mean, we get calls all the time. I have a non-deductible IRA. Say, there's no such thing, mm-hmm. because all IRAs that the person owns is looked at as one big IRA by the IRS. Yeah. And that's the that that form is the thing that gathers all the data to determine taxation at the end of the year
0: right now how might uh, our audience use a self-directed IRA in real estate for for state planning purposes?
2: Well, uh, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. A lot of people who are reaching certain ages are asking again provocative questions mm-hmm. such as, I'm not planning on dying tomorrow, <laughs> but what would happen if I died? Mm-hmm. There are beneficiary options built in play and uh, built within the document. Mm-hmm. And if it's a traditional IRA, I'm gonna go technical, you. it's mm-hmm. Article 4, mm-hmm. and if it's a Roth IRA, it's Article 5. Mm-hmm. Those types of uh, that that article needs to be discussed with their competent estate tax plan, uh, mm-hmm. planner. Because there are typically two options that the IRS gives you on how you can slow down the taxation of those assets. In mm-hmm. other words, it's not, it's not talking about how you should take the assets out, but it talks about what are your options to postpone taxation. Mm-hmm. Isn't that great that, that, that the IRS uh, and the Congress actually built in that when you die, it doesn't automatically all get taxed. Mm-hmm. It can be incrementally taxed or fully taxed within a certain period of time. Yeah. Let's talk about those two real quickly, then mm-hmm. at least since you since you brought it up. Yeah. The first one is what we call the life expectancy payment option. Mm-hmm. I call it the little chunk option. <laughs> if you inherited a half a million dollars, mm-hmm. you know what the tax is on a half a million dollars if you were forced to distribute the full amount in one shot. Mm-hmm. The option of taking small life expectancy distribution is an option to defer taxation on the rest of the amount by only distributing a small portion, a little mm-hmm. chunk based on the life expectancy of the inheritor. Mm-hmm. For example, an, an, a person inheriting is age 30. The life expectancy that the IRS has on a table that can be found mm-hmm. is 51. You know what that means? That beneficiary could prolong the taxation of those assets for 51 years mm-hmm. by taking small distributions. Okay. For 51 years
0: and would you need to decide some of that when you set up that self-directed ira or just set that up in your estate when you
2: set it up uh, yeah. when you set up a self-directed ira that option is really not something you need to talk about okay. that conversation occurs after the ira holder dies i see okay. now you're faced with a beneficiary that has no clue right. number one that they actually inherited an ira number two what that document contains. Yeah, it's a good it's a good thing to start having conversations with beneficiaries that you may have elected to name in your IRA, right. right? So that they're prepared when something happens. You know what? Every every major holiday we're approaching Christmas, and we just had Thanksgiving. Every form called a beneficiary designation sometimes gets gets uh, modified so right. this is a good time to talk about it when family members are there yeah. you don't have to talk about it uh, as a group but talk yeah. about it as individuals because some people don't even remember yeah. when they named right or their <laughs> life may have changed right you know
0: yeah that that's that's very true mm-hmm. so um, you guys at Entrust, um, you not only are custodians, Intrust mm-hmm. group, but uh, you also train in this the area, yes. right? Yes, uh,
2: that, that's my department. The reason okay. why I was brought into Intrust is to develop the education part, not mm-hmm. only for our clients, which we... We uh, uh, produce webinars on a monthly basis to educate on a high level what it is to hold a particular investment and examples like real estate. What are the Mm -hmm. things that you face? Mm -hmm. What are the mistakes people have? You know, Mm -hmm. such as you know uh, you can't pay the earnest money out of your pockets and your IRA that has has to be paid out. I mean, things like that you'll learn. But but also in my background, being uh, the head of consulting that consult with over 3,500 financial institutions, I built a school. Mm-hmm. A school through the American Banking Association, through the Institute of Certified Bankers, as a preparatory course for institution professionals that would like to take and sit for the, what we call the Certified IRA Services Professional Exam. Okay. So if people, if people have the CISP designation, it means that they've vetted, been vetted out and they, they should know the procedures uh, that, that, uh, that are associated with having an IRA. And, of course, a self-directed account, it talks about prohibited transactions, yeah. all those different things.
0: And at your website, intrustgroup.com, mm-hmm. is there some information there uh, that the audience could learn more about uh, using a self-directed IRA to invest in real estate?
2: Absolutely. There is a tab in our in our website, investing in real estate, and it drops mm-hmm. down all these different topics that they could uh, uh, click on to be able to answer the question that they have. Yeah. Again. Along with that, we also have webinars. Yeah. Then you can talk to people like me yeah. online. Or just contact our 800 number. I'd like to speak with John Paul or one of our business development managers, and they they'll be more than happy to, to walk them through that okay. process.
0: What's the biggest mistake to end the show here today? Mm-hmm. What's the biggest mistake that people should make sure they avoid investing in real estate through a self-directed IRA? I think, it,
2: separate from a mistake, I think the notion that they are the ones investing Uh, Of course, they're the ones directing, Right. But it's actually the IRA that's involved in taking the dollars inside that IRA and investing it in real estate. And the reason why I put it in those worlds, <clears throat> those words, is the fact that it's the IRA that's actually the one buying a piece of real estate. Right. Although it's the IRA holder directing the custodian to do such thing. Because keep in mind, in a retirement sp- in, a, in a retirement world, as long as those assets don't fall into the hands of the IRA holder, in other words, the IRS calls that as constructive receipt, it's not taxable. Right. That's why it's good. Number one. If they were going to buy a piece of property, the purchase agreement has to be under the name of the IRA. Okay. Earnest money has to be under the name of the IRA. Okay. If the IRA is going to borrow money to be able to purchase a piece of property through, you brought it up, a non recourse loan, Mm -hmm. it's the IRA that's purchasing it, it's not the individual. So the individual cannot extend credit to purchase that property.
0: So the loan is to the. The to the IRA. Oh, right, the underwriting
2: right. guidelines are different, the loan yeah. to value is different, yeah. the interest rate is different, mm-hmm. the payments all have to come back to the IRA. Expenses have to be paid from the IRA. Yeah. So if, from a general perspective if they get to the, you know you a listener can get to the to, to the thinking of oh it's my IRA that's buying and it's not me right. but I'm just using that as a funding vehicle for my retirement right. then then you've taken a, a leap you know a large step in regards to understanding how this whole thing works
0: right and it makes sense and you know you think about the diversification you know i, I think you know you mentioned earlier when we started do you, can you really take that hit again yeah. you want to diversify a little bit and have some real estate that uh, hey maybe 20 years from now maybe that real estate doubled in value. Absolutely. And it had some cash flow. (laughs) If you had a non-recourse loan, maybe it also had some principal reduction.
2: Yeah, which actually, uh, it's a, yeah, absolutely. And another thing that a lot of people uh, are are looking at, again, is that legacy planning piece. Mm -hmm. A lot of them, (laughs) shockingly enough, a lot of people are saying, because I I don't know if you know this, but in in traditional IRAs, Mm -hmm. when you reach a magical age of Mm -hmm. 70 and a half, you're gonna be forced to start depleting that account. Mm -hmm. So distributions have to take place. But some people are saying, I don't want to take that distribution because I'm really not saving this for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I ask myself, who are you saving it for? Well, somebody else, mm-hmm. which means that you're planning for somebody else to inherit this. Mm-hmm. The wealth that you've worked so hard to, to, to build up, legacy planning. Yeah. Wouldn't you like to be able to hand over wealth to a next generation or another generation by a stream of incremental distributions based out of their life expectancy
0: Yeah, yeah. for
2: the rest of their lives? that's a powerful tool yeah and if it was it's a Roth that other other type of IRA that we kind of briefly talked about Mm -hmm. how would you like to be able to hand it over
0: tax-free I'd like that that's huge yeah Yeah. I prefer if my children would give me money but (laughs) (laughs) well JP thank you great information yeah yeah Thank you. Appreciate you being on the show. Oh, thank you for having me. Yeah. And uh, thank you for joining us out there on the radio stations, iTunes, YouTube, or any of the podcast sites. We sure appreciate you being with us. Or maybe you're at CREshow.com. Please comment, uh, share, connect with us. We love hearing from you. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for America's Commercial Real Estate Show. America's Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by Bull Realty, Asset and Occupancy Solutions, CommercialAgentSuccess.com, Better Serve Clients, Earn More Commissions, Excelligen, Building Data Everywhere, Real Crowd, Crowdfunding with the Professionals, Get Valuate, Online Investment Analysis, Build Out, Marketing for Your Brokerage. For more information on these great companies, visit creshow.com and you're invited to subscribe to the show on YouTube and iTunes and connect with us on your favorite social media.